0: The running thing. Um, Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, why? (laughs) (laughs) Which part? (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, I guess it does kind of fall into the rest of your personality traits of enjoying the suffering part. Mm -hmm. But um, why specifically the triathlon or something? Because it's like, it seems like... And not just you, but lots of musicians. Uh, we get really good at something, and then we try to get really good at something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, well, I'll start by saying that um, while I can, I do, I do complete the triathlons that I sign up for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I've never place or sure, you sure. know I'm really pretty slow. Um, for me. The reason that I chose triathlon is because um, as I said, i I've, I've had just been sedentary for mm. four years. Yeah. And I'm generally a pretty energetic person. Mm. I like to move. Yeah. I like to be busy. Um, and so I thought, well, triathlon sounds really cool because First of all, it sounds really difficult. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you want me to be interested in something, tell me how hard it is. (laughs) Sure. Why I play the oboe or why I stuck with the oboe. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And being a musician in general. In general.
1: That's right. (laughs) Um, So I thought, well, that sounds really crazy and difficult. And um, I really, when I signed up for my first race, I Mm. had not done one minute of training. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I signed up. And then, and then found the training schedule. Like, um, so for me, I think part of it was the thrill of, of trying something I'd never tried before. Yeah. And, um, uh. And I liked the variety that was built in Mm -hmm. to doing that. I thought I can't just run every day or Mm -hmm. just ride my bike every day. Like variety is really important to me in life. Um, And so I thought, well, it's got like built-in variety, built-in cross training. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds really difficult. Um, I had knee pain Mm. from the time I was about 11 Mm. until... I started running.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and um some of the times it was pretty severe. Mm. And so I thought, can I even run? I don't know. Yeah. Like is my body just even mm-hmm. built for it? And so um yeah, it was just like this challenge that seemed totally impossible to yeah. achieve. <laughs> um, so that's those are some of the reasons why I chose it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um no, I think there's a a big um i don't know i guess in, in your words like peace mm-hmm. in being bad at something mm-hmm. yeah uh and then working towards being good at it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um and yeah the process in between can be really frustrating and mm-hmm. um but the the progress that happens over time is rewarding Whenever That's right. you notice a change mm-hmm. um yeah and uh, I think for me, I've like I've wanted to do something like that, but haven't. I mean, for right now, I've have just been haven't had the time, mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah, because um, I have like three jobs right now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, um, but I think it also does help with uh, what you were saying about being uh, introverted. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm an ambivert, okay, and so. I like periods of solitude and I think that like running helps with that mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, people have used the analogy with, uh, your version of being like what recharges your battery. Mm-hmm. And so like for introverts being alone recharges your battery. I think for me, I just have two batteries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. And, um, like I have my introvert battery, my extrovert battery. Whenever my uh, introvert battery is filled by mm-hmm. being alone, mm-hmm. then I'm like, all right, I need people and to like do something exciting, and then recharge my extrovert battery. Right. So I think that's probably why I like performing too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't, I haven't fully jumped in to the athletic thing, probably because I'm good at excuses, Uh but, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, no time.
1: It does take a lot of time. (laughs) Um, especially at first when it's not, you don't have routines built around these things yet. Mm -hmm. Everything feels kind of awkward because it's like, okay, I've got to go to a gig or to work or whatever. But then I also have to like, pack my gym bag mm-hmm. to get to the pool after or between gigs or yeah. whatever, you know, you're just like, how am I going to work all this out? And do do I have all the gear that I need and that mm-hmm. I remember my goggles and, <laughs> you know, it's just like, everything takes all this thought and effort at first, mm-hmm. but it's like anything else, you know, once you get a routine, mm-hmm. it's just autopilot, like the yeah. other things that you do every day. Yeah. So, um, but I do remember feeling mm-hmm. really kind of, stressed out and frustrated at times about getting yeah. all of that worked into my schedule. Um, but I told myself like, this is only frustrating right now because mm-hmm. I'm getting used to it. Yeah. And so just by acknowledging <laughs> that mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I'll just, I'll just keep feeling awkward about it all until it suddenly feels like a habit. Yeah. And that's where I am now, yeah. you know? Um, I will say though, another, you made me remember that another reason why I chose triathlon is because if you remember, I started that, but like, basically like a week or two after I finished my doctorate, mm-hmm. I, for those four years that I was working on it, my days were scheduled down to the minute. Yeah. Like how many <laughs> times am I going to chew each bite of my sandwich at lunch? Because the, I mean, like it was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, um, but I had all, like, just 24-hour yeah. structure. Yeah. And um, when I graduated, I thought, <laughs> okay, now what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I wanted to move and feel healthy again, mm-hmm. but I also knew that I was going to need some structure in my life or I was going to lose my mind. Yeah. Um, so those transitions for me out of highly structured mm-hmm routines into more open time like summer break or even Mm -hmm. spring break you know just a few days if i'm not careful and i don't plan Mm -hmm. i can trigger a panic attack because Mm -hmm. i just like it's too everything is too open-ended i don't know what to do with myself um i'm getting better about that now Mm -hmm. um but there i was there's still not a day that i don't have Mm-hmm. you know, specific plans. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's just for an hour or two, mm-hmm. I've got that thing that I'm going to do that day. And that yeah. kind of anchors me, you yeah. know? And so that was really one of the big reasons that I chose the triathlon. Um, cause I was like, okay, I've got a workout or two that I have mm-hmm. to do every day yeah. to be ready for the race. Mm-hmm. So that helped to fill some of those gaps in <laughs> yeah. just my daily routine, as awkward as it was at first, mm-hmm. um, it gave me something to do
0: yeah. <laughs> and to
1: think about. And yeah. you know, so, <laughs>
0: What are the, uh, logistics of things that once you're actually doing the race, Mm -hmm. um, you don't actually, like you wouldn't have known was a thing. Um, like, I mean, people talk about like chafing happens. Sure. Like you're running long distances and that's true. What's, what's the other stuff with like (laughs) riding a bike and swimming for long distances Mm -hmm. that, you don't fully acknowledge until you are actually doing it. Mm -hmm.
1: So, um, well, for the swimming portion, you have to think about what time of the year are you going to be swimming? Yeah. And most triathlons are outdoors Mm -hmm. in some kind of open water, a lake, or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the ocean, which (laughs) sounds really scary. I've only done lake swimming. Sure. Sure. Um, which is again, totally different from swimming in a pool, but, um, So you have to plan for what's the water temperature going to (laughs) be, right? Even if it's, let's say it's hot outside. Well, maybe it's just been hot that day, but like the week leading up to it, it was really cold. Yeah. Are you Mm going to need a wetsuit? Yeah. You know, (laughs) um, the first triathlon I ever did, I had trained through the summer. Mm -hmm. So I trained from May until September. Yeah. And. Again, this was the first time I'd ever done any of yeah. this stuff. I'd only trained in hot weather. Mm-hmm. I sign up for a triathlon in Colorado.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: I'd maybe been to Colorado once or twice before. Yeah. Um, and the weather leading up to the race <laughs> was beautiful and like 70s and 80s and just perfect. Mm-hmm. The day of the race Raining and about 43 degrees and windy. I'd never done any cold weather training ever. Mm. So I was watching the weather forecast and I was like, I'm going to need a wetsuit.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because the air temperature is going to be so cold Mm -hmm. that I'm going to need some insulation. Yeah. So I just like scramble around and find a (laughs) wetsuit. Yeah. And then like figure out, okay, how am I going to layer on the bike? Because Mm. however cold it is, you get on a bike, add whatever wind chill that adds, right? Yeah. So cold. Um, <laughs> so that was uh, something that I hadn't really thought about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I guess I just didn't realize how unpredictable the weather could be yeah. in that part of <laughs> Colorado, that time of year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, ignorance on my part. Um, but, of course, I've survived it and, and <laughs> finished the race and all that. Yeah. Um, so that was something that surprised me. <laughs> um, I, I had to learn about... Uh, nutrition or like fueling <laughs> yeah. during the workouts. Um, it had never crossed my mind that I would, um, this not so was not so much for the first triathlon that I did, but the longer ones that I've done after, mm-hmm. um, you have to plan what you're going to eat while you're running or riding your bike, which, you know, you always think like people who are exercising are generally trying not to consume more calories. Yeah. But if you're riding your bike for three hours, like Mm -hmm. you've got to eat something. Yeah. So what can I have in my pocket and Mm -hmm. eat while I'm pedaling? Yeah. That kind of thing. So that was like a whole new concept for Mm me. Um, what else? Mm -hmm. Little things like that, you know, um, making sure you hydrate and, um, how to avoid bonking or like totally running out of, Mm -hmm. you know, fuel basically, um, which can be really dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, especially if you're like out several miles away from home and nobody's quite sure where you are and (laughs) you think you're about to pass out. Um, so that's exciting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah. Yeah.
0: Has, has this thing kept your difficulty brain at bay for a while?
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah, I would say so. (laughs) Uh, you mean the looking for a challenge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it has. Um, because, uh, I have stuck with longer distance races Mm -hmm. than I started with. So, um, the triathlon distance that I've done more often is the Olympic distance. Mm. So, um, that's like a 1500 meter swim. Um, and then, uh, a 25 mile bike ride mm-hmm. and then a 6.2 mile run. Okay. So it's not like unfathomably long,
0: no, it's not, but it's
1: long enough that you have to really train for it. Yeah. And since I'm still relatively new to this, that's mm-hmm. like a relatively challenging thing to stay trained yeah. for. Um, last fall I did the red man half triathlon. Mm-hmm. So I was trained up for, um, like the whatever it is, the 1.2 mile swim, 56 Mm -hmm. mile bike ride and Mm -hmm. the 13.1 mile run. Yeah. That was the biggest challenge that I'd had up to that point. (laughs) And, um, so that kept me mentally busy. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course I did a half try or a half marathon. And then I was like, Oh no, no I need to do a full marathon. <laughs> so for me, it's just been like upping the distances yeah, yeah, as slow as I am, just like being able to train up to sure, yeah, yeah. So that's kept me occupied. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this last, um, fall after the half triathlon, I decided to move my body in different ways. Mm. And that's when I started climbing for the first time. Yeah. So, um, I thought it would be great cross training yeah. basically to work some muscle groups that I had been neglecting and yeah. all the triathlon stuff. So. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Yeah. Do you, I mean, are you eyeing more stuff or are you like, I'm, I'm drowning in things? Um,
1: uh, am I, um, (laughs) sort of not seriously. Um, but I'm, I'm getting kind of interested in hiking Mm -hmm. and like backpacking and that kind of thing. I've never done anything serious like that mm-hmm. other than like little day hikes here and there yeah um but i just love to be outside so much yeah like whatever mm-hmm. i can do to be outside for mm-hmm. longer periods of time um so that's something i'm interested in in terms of like physical activity mm-hmm. uh, sport type things <laughs> yeah um i'm considering um uh becoming a vegetable farmer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of all things again because I like being outside sure and I like vegetables yeah. um so I've been thinking about that a little bit yeah um and just today mm-hmm. I was thinking about maybe I should um maybe I should uh sign up for yoga teacher training mm. cuz I've been doing yoga fairly regularly for yeah. the last 12 years or so mhm And, um, I really enjoyed that and I'm always looking, wait, looking for ways to diversify my skills Mm -hmm. because I'm a musician after all and I'm always worried about survival. So how many ways can I think of to make money and, Mm. or to have kind of backup plans if I need to supplement my income? Um, so I was thinking about that a little bit today. That's (laughs) hot off the press. New plan, uh, may or may not ever happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm okay with that kind of dreaming because it gives me something to think about and get excited about. Yeah. And just following those curiosities mm-hmm. can um, maybe just like fizzle and turn into nothing, Yeah. but it could be like the next big thing yeah. in my life, you know? <laughs> and there's not a right or wrong. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that idea was stupid because it never turned into something. Mm-hmm. No, it gave me something fun to think yeah. about for yeah. a little while. <laughs> um, like uh, September of what year? 2018, Mm. um, this is sort of related. (laughs) Um, but maybe think of it, my, uh, long-term relationship that I had of 14 years like Mm. fell apart Mm. and like my whole life trajectory changed. Mm. And so I moved from this house that I was buying with my partner and he stayed in the house and I just went to a rent house like Mm. down the street and I was like, okay, now what am I doing?
0: Yeah, You know?
1: And thinking, thinking along the lines of like having something to think about and plan for and dream about mm-hmm. for the first several months that I was living in this rent house. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what am I going to do for a place to live like permanently? Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't want to rent. I don't like, to, I don't, right. I'm like, I'm done with that because yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've had many bad landlord experiences and mm-hmm. I was just afraid that was going to happen again. So for several months, my dream was, okay, I'm going to I'm going to live in a travel trailer. And <laughs> yeah. I was like super pumped about it. I was doing all this research about mm. travel trailers and <laughs> watching YouTube videos and, um, you know, looking at all different kinds of models of what I would want or not want yeah. and how much money was I going to be able to spend mm. and, um, where <laughs> and where am I going to park it and where am I going to travel to in school is that a session? Right. And, you know, I had like all these plans. And, of course, everyone who loved me was was very concerned. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one day somebody was like, um, you know, maybe it's not the best idea to do that. Or I don't remember what, exactly what the conversation was. I was like, but you know what? It gives me something to like think about and look forward to, mm-hmm. whether it ever turns into anything yeah. or not. Right. <laughs> so I, have taken on this new perspective Mm -hmm. about just ideas in general. Like it's okay to have some crazy idea and follow it for a little while and see (laughs) what happens. Um, so, and in doing that, you know, I discovered this subculture of people who live that way,
0: you know, like the van life
1: (laughs) stuff and all that. Mm -hmm. It's just fascinating. And I still dream about it some days. (laughs) Um, and maybe I'll do it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's the same with my other curiosities, like, hiking and climbing and, mm-hmm. and all that. It's yeah. just like, it's something to make me feel curious and yeah. to give me that kind of beginner's mind mm-hmm. that, you know, um, gets me out of my head <laughs> and, you know, makes me feel okay to like not be an expert at something for right. a while. Yeah. So.
0: Um, that is a interesting thing. Cause so one, one question that I usually ask and, Uh, I was trying not to interrupt your trains of thoughts on the last podcast. And so (laughs) um, I think that there's goals that we're all striving towards. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I don't know if I'm like making the assumption, but like did you have a like career goal for yourself as a musician and Like, I guess now that you, like, have a solid job teaching music, Mm -hmm. is there more to go? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I see what you're saying. Like, have I reached my final (laughs) goal, final destination with that? Um, I would say that when when I was living in Arizona Mm -hmm. and occasionally feeling pretty homesick and Mm -hmm. kind of dreaming about the future... Um, I would actually fantasize mm-hmm. about teaching at UCO.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I thought that would be the dream job. Sure. You know. Um, but that's never gonna happen. Sure. You know. So um I would say that teaching at UCO is my dream job. Yeah. And <laughs> so that may be another reason why I've started trying to branch out in so many other areas is because mm-hmm. like, okay, like. I've accomplished the big thing that I thought would never really happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew I was going to be a musician. I just wasn't sure how. Yeah. Um, And it just turned out in some (laughs) crazy way that I ended up exactly where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of just like positions (laughs) and titles, (laughs) like I'm kind of, I'm I'm there now over my time at UCO, I'll be eligible at different points to apply for, promotions Mm -hmm. there are ranks and you know being a professor a lot of people aren't aware of um so it's basically just like with time and experience and accomplishments Mm -hmm. you can go from assistant professor to associate and then from associate to full but full professor is it Mm -hmm. like that's as high as you get (laughs) as a professor as a professor yeah so um and, you know, as those things come up, I'll apply for them. But yeah. um, right now at UCO, I'm just kind of focusing on a day-to-day basis on taking care of my students yeah. and mm-hmm. serving them however I can. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's one of the reasons I started the running group Yeah, is because I wanted to share my, you know, um, newfound knowledge mm-hmm. about how to run because yeah. it seems like a natural thing, but <laughs> there are a lot of questions that surround it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are interested in that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but are maybe too afraid to go to like a gym mm-hmm. or, you know, go to, um, like a running club yeah, where people have been doing mm-hmm. it their whole lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, well, I'll just start one of my own. Why not mm-hmm. share it with the students that I already love yeah. spending time with and mm-hmm. the other faculty and, um, So that's a way that I am, um, kind of striving for new heights in my position at UCO to Mm -hmm. keep myself engaged and to keep contributing to the community on campus. Right. So, um, (laughs) I don't know what would take me away from Mm. that position, um, because it's where I really wanted to be anyway. Yeah. But at this Mm -hmm. point in my life, I know that anything can happen. Sure. And, Mm -hmm. um, so, um... I can't say never, but yeah, but I have no plans of going anywhere. Else, right.
0: So, no, it's interesting because, um, I don't know. Everyone has this conception of it's, it's a misguided conception, but it's like, oh, once I reach that dream, then, then I'll what, be like, yeah. I'll be good. Mm-hmm. But like, there's no, like once you reach it, there's still the rest of life
1: That's right. after it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah and um you know some people have this idea of like always moving up a step mm-hmm. you know like so what might be common in my position would be like okay I've got the job at mm-hmm. University of Central Oklahoma
0: mm-hmm. now
1: let me see if I can get a position at <laughs> right. a bigger university yeah. or one with a higher profile or mm-hmm. fancier reputation <laughs> you know but yeah once you get there then what yeah you know mm-hmm. you're the same you're the same person mm-hmm. you know just still there stuck with your thoughts like
0: or with like a better resume I guess but
1: (laughs) a better resume yeah but for you know for what for what yeah you know so um I'm I am perfectly content where I am and it is to me it is it's the peak you know um from here on out what I do is just going to be based on my own creativity with what I can do inside of that environment Mm -hmm. and that to me is really exciting Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm happy where I am, you yeah. know, I'm not like grasping for something else or <laughs> resisting where I am for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's where I want to be.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> um, no, cause I mean, I, like I said, I have like three jobs right now and mm-hmm. it's like, it's a struggle and mm-hmm. it's, uh, and probably oversharing, but Hey, this is my podcast. Um, Do <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um whenever I got my master's, uh, I just kind of like graduated and then just fell into nothingness Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, I do want a doctorate, but like I've also been going to school my whole life Yeah, for until just Mm -hmm. then. So Mm -hmm. I needed to like, not for a bit.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, like have a cleansing phase. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, but i also feel like the institution in general wasn't preparing me for the like practical needs mm-hmm. of like i learned i learned music i did that mm-hmm. um but like everything else mm-hmm. that is associated with it did mm-hmm. not come with that yeah and so um and then there's like the weird thing that like everyone has a master's degree now for some reason and then everyone has a doctorate and right. like, and so w- the way means the, less the, and less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, I kind of felt like my master's degree doesn't really matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's nice to hear your perspective because I'm way down here and I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, um, I I know a lot of people who have, have been in that state and they were like, I don't know what to do with myself right now. I'm gonna go get a doctorate.
0: Mm. It's like <laughs> you're
1: gonna spend how much money yeah. and become um well, I can't think of the term right now, but like um make a uh, n- it's kind of a narrower and narrower view, mm-hmm. the higher up you get in yeah. your education. Yeah. So it's more and more um, myopic maybe yeah. is a good word. Like think about the title of my, or what my dissertation was about. Like sure. Yeah, really yeah. specific, yeah. you know? Um, and while those endeavors are worthwhile mm-hmm. and beautiful and exciting, mm-hmm. if you're looking for kind of like day-to-day practicality (laughs) that might not be where that fits, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, you remember I took about five years off
0: after Mm -hmm. my master's before I started
1: my doctorate Mm -hmm. just to work and figure out what (laughs) the hell is going on, you know? And, um, when it looked like the path was leading me in that direction, Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, now I'll start the doctorate. Right. Um, but I don't think that people need one. Yeah. I don't think that people need College any, degrees. Any degree, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because there are so many things we can do and be mm-hmm. perfectly successful. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that for you, I'm giving advice when you That's didn't fine. ask for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, just work for a while. Yeah. See what happens. Mm-hmm. And then I am very much a go with your gut kind of person. Yeah. Um, so if you start to feel a pull back,
0: you yeah. know,
1: to get a doctorate, great. If not, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. you'll end up where you need to be anyway sure. right if you keep following the things that you're yeah. interested in and curious <laughs> about and you know and you know the people that make it in this field um beyond the things i said earlier about like showing up on time and being nice and being prepared <laughs> right. um when you're trying to piece together a career like this mm. you have to hustle Like I said, too, earlier, I mean, you've just always got to be going, looking for opportunities and being really inventive Mm -hmm. with the way that you (laughs) put things together and always looking for, you know, sometimes you make your own work. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, And that could turn into a whole big thing, you know. So, yeah, it's um, I remember feeling kind of like empty or depressed or just kind of like lost after the master's degree Mm because, yeah, then what? you know? Um, but I, you know, I took that time to work multiple mm-hmm. jobs and just get some direction Yeah, and you need time and space for that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's something that people don't, um, realize sometimes is that yeah. it takes time to think
0: Yeah, and you need, you
1: need space to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're in graduate school mm-hmm. and you're always being told what to think about, yeah, you're not really going to have time to figure mm-hmm. out where you're going or who you are or whatever Mm -hmm. um so you're probably just in that phase (laughs) where you're just Mm -hmm. like okay now which way do i go right yeah you know (laughs) um I kind of remember when I finished my master's feeling like school up to that point had been like this rushing river and yeah. I was just like swept up in this rushing river. Mm-hmm. And then graduation was like when the river empties into the ocean mm-hmm. and then you're just like floating and you're like, <laughs> uh, now what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. anyway, that's <laughs> yeah. how I think about it. No, that.
0: And that's like, it's really very true. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And,
1: then- <laughs> and that, all oh, that's okay. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, but like, you know, stumbled around for like five months until I like found a job or Mm -hmm. like the job found me, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's, yeah. (laughs) Um, how, I mean, you are a teacher of these things. So Mm -hmm. how can the institution itself, prepare the students for this because it it feels like we have all this coursework and it's like these are the things that you have to have to be able to consider yourself a master or a bachelor or a doctor of this thing yeah um but then there's the rest of life that we're not learning about (laughs) right
1: yeah um i i think about that a lot actually Hmm. um in the way that i teach yeah And I don't know if you remember because it's been so many years, but um, I uh, am conscious of this as I'm teaching and I say it to my Mm -hmm. classes. The most important thing Mm -hmm. you can learn in college is how to teach yourself something new. Yeah. All by yourself. Yeah. And I'm teaching freshmen. Mm -hmm. And they are, for the most part... Mm just trying to figure out how not to act like a child anymore yeah. you know so um i'm not sure how much they're hearing that sure on a daily basis in the classroom but i keep saying it yeah cuz hopefully it'll stick and mm-hmm. it'll be rattling around in their head yeah. someday and they'll go oh yeah
0: and then someone else will say the same thing yes. and be like oh that, i've heard this before yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah um so i try to um, shape my, my pedagogical style around Mm -hmm. that idea. Yeah. Um, so I often have the students discuss new concepts Mm -hmm. on their own in small groups in the classroom, um, or send them home to try an assignment on something we've never talked about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I tell them, Mm -hmm use this time to practice learning something new on yeah. your own. Yeah. And then we'll come back together and talk about it next time. Mm. And you can start to pick apart your own thought processes and your own, you know, mm. methods yeah. and try to be better at it next time, <laughs> you know? Um, so that to me is a really important skill for yeah. anyone, mm. whether they decide, cause again, it's fresh. These are freshmen. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are going to change their majors and move on and do something else. Right. Um, so if, if they can get a little bit of that mm-hmm. in studying with me, whether it's in music theory or RL skills or mm-hmm. oboe, then I feel really good about that. Yeah. Like you've got skills <laughs> that you can take with you and do anything you want to
0: do.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something I think about a lot. Yeah. Um, I try to also encourage criti- critical thinking as much as I can mm-hmm. in class about why are things the way they are. <laughs> yeah. I'm very much a why kind mm-hmm. of person. I always want to know why. Um, so I, I try to guide my students through those kinds of thought processes mm-hmm. in the hope that it will become a habit for the way that they think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I try to teach them how to think on their own and how to learn new things on their own. Yeah. That's <laughs> my solution to that because mm-hmm. I know that what we do is so technical on a day to day basis that sometimes it starts not mm-hmm. to feel like relevant, yeah. So, um, yeah, I understand what you're saying for sure. Right?
0: No, uh, in fact, the other day I was um going with uh going over one of the pieces that I wrote for the commissioning project, mm-hmm. um, and I was explaining like why I chose the chords that I did, mm-hmm. and um, Ryan, violist, um. He was like, "Oh, I appreciate you spelling it out that way because I. He's learned the theory, but he hasn't learned why mm-hmm. the theory. Mm-hmm. And so, the the what is the chord, but why the chord? Yeah, um, um, and that's
1: real music theory. Yeah, though it's the why
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the how. Um, it's not <laughs> the the separate kind of pieces and building blocks that yeah. make it mm-hmm. right, and that's what a lot of music students, especially if they never go on to graduate school, Mm -hmm. they never really get like real, (laughs) real music theory. Mm -hmm. They know the basics. They know the fundamentals. They Mm -hmm. have the, it's like they have the toolbox of all the music theory stuff,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but they don't know necessarily how (laughs) to apply the tools in a way that is like relevant to culture and philosophy (laughs) and all those things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so
0: do I drive in this, Screw with a hammer.
1: Right. No. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but then it's also like the confusion as to like is there just no time to do the why on top of the what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Because uh what we're doing a lot of times as teachers, professors, uh at least where I'm teaching, is just like trying to convince the students. To <laughs> practice it enough just to be able to do the what.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: So it's just like, just learn how to hold the tool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so much resistance to that mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, that by the time you get to the end of theory four, like mm-hmm. it's over, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we've just been dragging people through it, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, <laughs> and, you know, at some in some programs, there, is, there, there are um, like upper level credits where people mm-hmm. can dig into those things a little bit yeah. more mm-hmm. deeply. <laughs> but most people yeah. with their kind of immature view of what music theory is, mm-hmm. they're not really drawn to that. It's like, yeah. oh, it's more theory. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> right. So they're kind of selling themselves short mm-hmm. in that they never get to open up the machine mm-hmm. and really take it yeah. apart and learn how it works. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, there's just, there's not a lot of time and often not a lot of enthusiasm for Mm
0: -hmm. it. So anyway, um, with all of the other stuff that we've been talking about, like, you know, running marathons and stuff and, uh, climbing, how does that apply to music and how you see it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, if at all.
1: It it does so much on yeah. so many levels. And I was really surprised as I was working through the first training program I ever did. I was mm-hmm. like, this is just like getting ready for a recital.
0: Yeah. That's all. It, it's the same
1: process, mm-hmm. right? You pick a day mm-hmm. and you say, I'm going to be ready for the thing on yeah. that day. Here I am today on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And this is what I have to do between now and then to be ready.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you just trust the process yeah. and follow mm-hmm. it, like... You're gonna get there. Yeah. So it's the same mental game where mm-hmm. it's like every day you have to get up and show up for, if it's a recital, practicing, mm-hmm. if it's the race, mm-hmm. the workout. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same mental process. Mm-hmm. So um, I will say, though, that at <laughs> least at my kind of entrance level as an athlete, which I hes- hesitate to even call myself <laughs> that, but um, playing music. It's mm-hmm. mentally so much harder, sure, just in terms of some of the processes you have to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but to get to the end of a race sometimes yeah. can can feel as grueling, it's just not always as like um, it's mental, but in different ways. yeah, yeah, so um. Also, I will say that doing <laughs> all these endurance sports has made playing the oboe feel so much easier. Yeah, I'm sure. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> how much easier it would feel. Yeah. Um, just because my cardiovascular system yeah. is so much stronger. Mm-hmm. My, my abdominal muscles are so mm-hmm. much stronger, which it takes a lot of abdominal muscle strength yeah. to be able to play the oboe. Um, but it's like, wow, this... This feels so much easier. Yeah. Um, if I'd known that, I would have done maybe done it a little bit sooner. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So that's been really cool. Yeah.
0: I feel like even just the breath.
1: Right. Is- <laughs> yeah. But in a way, like playing the oboe mm-hmm. helped me. Um, it prepared me for thinking about ways to regulate my breath while I run or swim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, more than cycling. Um, mm-hmm. Because the breathing for running and for swimming mm-hmm. is so... In its best state, it's mm-hmm. very rhythmic and regular yeah. and comfortable. Yeah. And so, because I was so used to controlling my air, yeah, playing the oboe, I was like, I already kind of like have a feel for what I need to do here. Mm-hmm. So then after that, it was just strength and conditioning that yeah. made everything feel so much easier. <laughs>
0: so, um, do you listen to music or podcasts or something
1: whenever you're? <laughs> I do, um, most of the time <laughs> for races. Um, it's not usually allowed for safety reasons because you have to be aware of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm running, I'll often have in one earbud so I mm-hmm. can still hear what's going on around me, Yeah. Um, but kind of have myself mentally engaged on something else, yeah. especially if it's a really long run, just yeah. to help pass the time. <laughs> um, so some of the things I like to listen to lately are... Um, Funk. I really like listening to nice. funk, mm-hmm. um, love funk so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, not necessarily related. Um, but another kind of music I really like to listen to is bluegrass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of roots Mm -hmm. styles or genres of music I really enjoy listening to I love the banjo so much (laughs) love the mandolin um and fiddle and you know all those Mm -hmm. styles of music um that use that instrumentation Mm -hmm. um so blues I love the blues um which is another roots music yeah um so I honestly don't listen to a lot of classical music in leisure time.
0: That's a, that's a thought I have often mm-hmm. that it seems like classical musicians a lot. I won't say all, cause mm-hmm. there are some people who do just enjoy doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like a lot of classical musicians don't listen to classical music for pleasure. Yeah. Like there's almost like, this is my like, brain on fire stuff mm-hmm. and then i need something else to yeah. not do that yeah
1: <laughs> yeah um because we can't help it at this point but to be analytical yeah and the way that we listen to that mm-hmm. music that is our work yeah and it can be overwhelming mm-hmm. um I do sometimes get pleasure out of listening to classical <laughs> music um, <laughs> in my leisure time. Mm-hmm. Um, but surely when I'm studying it and practicing it and listening yeah. to it for work, I really do enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it, it's work. Like you said, that brain on fire feeling yeah. where it's just like you're, you're yeah, everything is on. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like to listen to styles of music that I don't feel like I could play at all. Mm. Like funk. Yeah. and bluegrass yeah i absolutely love those styles because they're so interesting mm-hmm. in so many ways rhythmically and harmonically mm-hmm. and um and they just have like an atmosphere mm-hmm. that i'm not sure that i could create right myself um and so to me that's fascinating because yeah. it's like it's mysterious sure so yeah. it's fun you know yeah so
0: but then i don't know one day you could pick up a bass and try and do all that.
1: I could, (laughs) I could, um, I've dabbled a little bit in songwriting lately. (laughs) And, um, I would say that that stuff is not, it's not really classical in style. (laughs) Um, so I have played around with it a little bit, but, um, wouldn't say that I'm that great at it. But, uh, but yeah, so those are the kinds of, um, Mm. music that I like to listen to. If Mm. I'm, if I don't feel like listening to music, And I'd rather listen to people speak. I usually lately have been listening to like storytelling Mm. podcasts, like The Moth and things like that. Um, Or Snap Judgment or whatever, those Mm. kinds of things. Um, uh, And that engages my mind in totally different ways. So, um, (laughs) yeah.
0: I used to listen to The Moth, but then they like, they were rerunning so many of them that I was just like... (sighs) I've heard this one like three times now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm probably so far behind on it that Mm. it would take me forever to catch up anyway. So I haven't heard any repeats yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But do you, are you interested in learning other instruments?
1: Um, I would say that I am, uh, <laughs> though at this point in my career, I know how daunting it is yeah. to become really good <laughs> at an yeah. instrument. Like what a monumental thing that is. Um, so I do. I well, I took piano lessons for ten years, mm-hmm. so I play that. I'm I'm pretty rusty on it right now, mm-hmm. um, but that's a place where I like to get some pleasure just yeah. playing for fun in my office. Sometimes if my brain is just like totally fried yeah, or if I'm feeling really tense, I'll just sit down and sight read a little piece on the piano. Sure. And that like resets me. It's amazing yeah. the way it works. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I recently got a mountain dulcimer. Okay. Like a baby mountain dulcimer. <laughs> like one that's not, it doesn't even have a brand. I think some guy just like made it <laughs> in yeah. a shack somewhere. I don't know. Um, I found it used in like this used instrument store in like cool. Asheville, North Carolina online. Yeah. And, um, Got it and had some repairs done to it. And the guy at the the shop was like, I'm not even really sure like what this is or (laughs) where it came from. Um, But that has been really fun because you just kind of strum, you know, Mm. like your old one, four, five progression. (laughs) And, you know, that gives you a lot of freedom to make up songs or sing lots of, you know familiar <laughs> songs, um, that's really fun Yeah. because um, I can just like sit and just have a good time and be relaxed. Playing the oboe mm-hmm. is not a relaxing activity, <laughs> <laughs> like just physically it's way too demanding to, to mm-hmm. do it for just kind of for fun. Um, so yeah, the Mountain Dulcimer I've had a lot of fun with yeah. um, and then... I strum on a guitar every once in a while, sure. but that takes so much strength in the left <laughs> hand, and um, I just it, it makes the tips of my fingers numb sometimes. Yeah. And I think like I can't really afford that <laughs> with my reed making and my oboe playing. Uh, like I need to be able to feel my extremities. Interesting. So, um, like over the I winter, thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> over the winter break, I played with it quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. but then I was like, mm, maybe I should take a break. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I am very, I would love to be able to play the banjo. I love Mm -hmm. the accordion. Um, There are so many instruments I just absolutely love. And if I had time would spend on them, but.
0: Well, I think that, um, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, but like in a way learning to get good at an instrument is also just kind of learning to get good at all. Yeah. Um, And so whenever you pick up a new instrument, you're not quite, just starting from nothing, That's like right. the first time that you picked up a nobo, That's right. you're, you have a doctorate's worth of knowledge to support that. I have a head start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, a middle schoolers, you know, three year time on an instrument is very different from, mm-hmm. uh, even just like a week's time right. with your other musical experience. That's very true. Um, and then songwriting itself is a separate muscle, I feel That's like true. since uh having more of a performer brain mm-hmm. uh how does that apply to your writing of music um and also teacher brain then yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
1: would say that the the songs that I've written most recently were um it what they, um, how do I put this? It was a form of expression for me to be able to understand Mm -hmm. some, um, recent difficult life events. Um, and having to, uh, when writing lyrics for the song, Mm -hmm. having to put my feelings or ideas about some really huge things that have happened yeah. into just a few lines mm-hmm. of text yeah. helped me understand it better, mm-hmm. um, and process it. Yeah. And so, um, that's how I've been using songwriting lately. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really interesting because when I ha- had an idea for a song, mm-hmm. it just kind of came out of nowhere Yeah, and it was like the melody came and then, the chorus came and then the verses happened and it was just like, (laughs) "Uh, i got to get this down. You know? Um, you probably know what I'm talking about since you write music. (laughs) It's like this, as I said earlier, like you feel this in your gut. It's like, Mm -hmm. I have to, I have to create this thing Mm -hmm. just because it needs to get out of me. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so I would say that my, songwriting isn't really doesn't feel related to mm-hmm. any of my other musical activities yeah. because mm-hmm. it has been such a personal thing yeah um and the songs that i've written have been for what did I do? I, one, I, uh, played my mountain dulcimer that I'd only had for like a couple of weeks, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like learning how to manage this thing. And it was broken when I wrote and recorded the song, the mountain, it wouldn't, it it wouldn't hold a tune and all the strings were like old and dead. (laughs) Um, but it was like, this is the tool that I need for this thing, Mm -hmm. you know? So I did that. And then I wrote a song I played guitar yeah. on one of them. I don't mm-hmm. even really know how to play the guitar, but it was yeah. like, this is the sound that I need. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to figure out how to do the thing that I need for this yeah. song. And then <laughs> the third one that I wrote was on piano, which I know mm-hmm. because I took lessons for so many years, Yeah, but um, the chord progressions and the structure and all of that mm-hmm. was not really... Uh, I didn't create any of that from an analytical place in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just felt like a totally different part of me that I wasn't even sure was really. (laughs) I mean, I've written songs here and there over my life, but um, this was like a totally different thing. Yeah.
0: No, that's. So. I'm really curious about that because um, being a songwriter uh, or just composer in general, Mm -hmm. there are those instances like you described where uh a song would just sort of come out of me fully formed yeah. and all I had to do was make it real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but then there's the rest of the instances where I do have to use my musical knowledge to kind of I know what this wants to be, mm-hmm. but I have to work with it. Make the pieces with fit. the tools. Mm-hmm. Um so did like, how do you, how did you even <laughs> make something not informed by your musical knowledge? Cause I feel like at some point for me with the stuff that I've written, like mm-hmm. I can't not use the tools. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I guess I should go back a little bit and say that I have composed a fair amount of music, mm-hmm. maybe more than most instrumentalists, sure. um, uh, because I'm, I'm just interested in music theory yeah. and how it all fits together. Yeah. And so I've taken some composition classes. Um, so all of that stuff was written. It's probably the process. Yeah. The stuff that I was writing as I was studying composition, yeah. um, kind of had a, you know, it was like compose a piece in this style. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. Um, so I've done that. Um, then later I composed quite a bit of music for, um, a duo that I had with my former partner where we would go play for meditation groups and mm. yoga classes yeah, and things yeah. like that. So, um, it was all instrumental music, mm-hmm. but it was, it was functional. It was for a particular yeah. environment. Mm-hmm. And so I was using my analytical brain yeah. to do that while sometimes the melodies would just come to me, mm-hmm. right. Kind of the seed of the piece yeah. would just come mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Um, I was, Using my analytical mind to make the pieces fit together, yeah. and to make it the right amount of time and mm-hmm. right for the instrumentation that I had and all that. <laughs> um, but these songs that I wrote mm-hmm. just for my own personal like development expression. or whatever expression, <laughs> um, it it wasn't for any of those reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like here are the rules. Yeah, there wasn't know? a
0: function needing to be done.
1: Right. It was just for me and I've put them out on YouTube so people can listen to them if they want mm-hmm. to, but I don't care if anybody likes them or not. Sure. <laughs> you know, I don't care if anybody ever even listens to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided to share them because I thought, well, if anybody maybe needs to hear it, it's yeah. there, Yeah, you know, and sometimes you find something you're like I really needed that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it was like from a totally different, mindset that I wrote it. So of course I used my musical training to do it obviously, Mm -hmm. but, um, but I wasn't thinking about like, what do I want the chord progression to be? Or how many verses do I want it to have? (laughs) Or, you know, how long should the chorus be or whatever? Mm -hmm. So, um, so it felt disconnected from all of my studies, but surely it's, you (laughs) know, coming out of all that. So,
0: um, I'm trying to think if there was one last thought I wanted to add um, I guess just uh, name some of those uh, bluegrass and funk artists that you're listening to so other people can listen to
1: oh, <laughs> um Wolfpack is one of my favorites right now yeah. um, Lettuce I'm really getting into <laughs> Lettuce like the vegetable yeah, like yeah. the leafy green Kirby um, Hancock mm. you know yeah. um, things like that um, my Pandora is often just kind of on like a random mm. whatever. So I'm sure I'm <laughs> listening to people I can't even name right now yeah, because yeah. of that. Um, bluegrass favorites, Sarah Jaros, mm. um, punch brothers, just Chris Thiele in general. Okay. Um, the, the, the greats of bluegrass, mm, yeah. um, like Ricky Skaggs and Jillian Welch and, mm. you know, but um, I don't have a sphere for that uh-huh. as much, yeah. but yeah.
0: so those kinds of people
1: and then of course anything blues whether it's like Mm -hmm. the really old school gritty like field recordings you know from way back and they're all scratchy and kind of hard to hear I love that stuff um and then of course more modern but anything anything roots music I really enjoy um but yeah Yeah. those are the big ones Mm -hmm. I can think of right now yeah
0: well thank you for doing this with me thank Um, you where can we find you and your things (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I'm at UCO most of the time, um, working with my students, uh, play in Tulsa with the symphony and the ballet and the opera on occasion as a substitute or auxiliary player, um, play with the Oklahoma City Philharmonic on occasion um, and got some stuff coming up with both of those um, areas Tulsa Symphony, doing Star Wars Episode Four, um, March 14th, and then um, doing Rite of Spring with Oklahoma City Philharmonic in April. I think it's the first weekend of April. Um, other than that, just chamber music, yeah. uh, performances here and there on campus, um, and we go play in schools and that kind of thing. Um, you can find me on YouTube under Dr. Katie Bramlett. And um, on Instagram under Dr. Hot Boy, yeah. H-A-U-T-B-O-I.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as you were promoting some of those, I was like, oh, yeah, what my uh This will be coming out later than Monday's concert, so never mind. Um, <laughs> um, but there's always other electric pizza stuff going on, probably in the fall, though, so I don't know mm-hmm. what... Otherwise, uh, anyways, thank you. <laughs> I'm Santiago Ramones.
1: I'm Katie Bramlett.
0: You can find everything that I do on my website, Santiago Ramones.com. I do songs and composer stuff, electronic stuff. I have Power Cycle. We have an album out called Too Many Damn Cables. We probably will have another EP out, uh, sometime in the summer and then probably another full album sometime in the fall because we make improvised music and we generate a lot of content. Um, And you can find the Electric Pizza concerts and we'll be promoting all of those whenever they happen. And I'll be playing a jazz gig at Saint Sessions at Saints in the Plaza District on May 7th with a completely different lineup and completely different genre that I normally do. And I always end my podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.